You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, the podcast where we dig deep into the heart of Broadway. This week, we're taking a little trip off Broadway because we have the opportunity to attend The Great Gatsby, The Immersive Show. Want to know our thoughts on what this immersive show was like? Let's find out. I'm Jeff, a music industry producer and manager. And I'm Richie, a theater director and producer. Let's dive into The Great Gatsby, the off-Broadway immersive show playing at this Park Central Hotel in New York City. Half hour! Welcome everyone to the show. Before we get started, we always like to let our listeners know that there will be spoilers about the show in this episode. So if you still want to see the show first, that's okay. Go check it out and then come back and listen to this episode. Now that being said, (coughs) Richie, can you give us the quick one, two, three on The Great Gatsby, the immersive show? Yes, I can. The Great Gatsby, the immersive show is playing at the Gatsby Mansion at Park Central Hotel in New York, which is right in Midtown, kind of near Columbus Circle. And just so you all know, we're talking about this new off-Broadway immersive show of The Great Gatsby. Some of you who follow Broadway news are realizing that All of a sudden, everyone's obsessed with The Great Gatsby, and there are multiple versions coming. It kind of reminds me of, uh, I was quite young when this happened, but when there were two wild parties at the same time, and we never had a wild party for years, and all of a sudden, a Broadway production of Wild Party and an off-Broadway from two different composers came at the same time. So right (laughs) now, we have the immersive Great Gatsby at Park Central Hotel, which is what's currently playing. But coming to Paper Mill Playhouse later is the uh, Gatsby stage, proper stage musical. And there's another composing team writing another Gatsby musical. We're not talking about either of those today. We are talking about the off-Broadway immersive show. I just wanted to clear the air on that and make sure everyone understood what we're we're not talking about them because we haven't seen them. And they're not even done and ready. Right, exactly. So people are like, wait, are they talking about that one at Paper Mill yet? No, it's not open yet. It's coming. But we're talking about the Off-Broadway one. Um, And this Off-Broadway one is um, adapted and directed by Alexander Wright. So let's just go a little bit here, in Jeff, into some of this. You know, we were uh, invited to the Gatsby Mansion for a wonderful evening. Uh, It did say... Dress was requested and recommended, but not required to be in the time period. So it was cool. We got to dress a little schnazzy and, and there were a lot of other guests there dressed that way too. And wow, what a submersion into immersive theaters uh, in New York. What did your, what were your overall thoughts on just the plot and how this worked uh, in the off-Broadway space? I think I'll start from the, the, from the moment we were asked to come see the show and then actually getting there. So at first I was like a little nervous because I don't really feel like we've done anything else really in this immersive style setting. So like besides Here Lies Love, which is like super cool and we've talked about that already. But when they were like dressed the part, I was kind of like, oh no, I don't want to have to act. I don't want to have to do things I don't want to do because they like, you know, they actors love to call on the people that kind of show um timidness or something like that so anyway we get there and we show up to the Gatsby mansion and i thought like outside was cool it it probably could have had a little bit more because i might have walked right past it if i didn't realize Mm -hmm. especially during the daytime um and then they have the step and 
Pete when you go inside, which was cute. And then they like funnel you down into this experience. And at first I was like, okay, what's happening on? We're like in holding here. We're holding there. We're holding this. And I started realizing, okay, it's about what ticket price you have. But what was super cool is like you're walking in and it's like the garden set up. And then we get to inside where it's like, oh, we're now at the ballroom. We're in, we're in Gatsby's mansion. Okay, this is cool. And the bar is going and people are sitting and the lights are moving around. And I was like, well, okay, I'm already fully immersed into this. And I was like, we're going to have a good time tonight. Um but I was like looking around and some people really got the idea of like, we should dress up and have a good time at this party tonight. And other people just look like they bopped in off the street. And I was like, mm, I guess that for me was my my initial thing that was like, okay, it's taking me out of the element of like, I just wish, you know, you went a little bit more like cocktail casual or dressy casual. But that was like my initial like take on the show. And I was like, and I, and I still didn't know what to expect yet of it. There was this, uh, you know, they warned us multiple times. There's no photos or videos allowed at all, including intermission and including the curtain call bows. You weren't allowed to use your phones for video recording at all until the actors were completely gone and you were back in the mansion at the end and you were able to take photos and videos all you want. And to, to respect the, the piece and the actors, I understood that. But there was also no cell service down there. You go underground. Yeah. So it was an immersion of like, oh, I can't even use my cell phone or check a message even if I wanted to. And you really and there was no windows. So you're really in this like, wow. I, I liked the feel of like, wow, you're here. The music's playing. It's lit well. There's a real bar. You can get drinks before the show or during intermission or after the show. And even the hallways – so if for those of you um, who have seen it or even those of you who haven't seen it, there's like the ballroom and there's a big grand staircase. but And there's this thing that's overlooking top tier. But then the hallways that lead out of the ballroom – are also designed with lighting and scenery and there's like an apartment and then there's like a kitchen and then there's the bathrooms and like you see the other parts of the mansion and what they are. That was cool to me that it wasn't just a one ballroom set. It was as if for those right. of you who've seen Here Lies Love, it would be as if you went backstage in Here Lies Love, which you don't, you know, you're just in the main theater the whole time. So this is not to compare them, but that's kind of what this was. But overall, well, we can I, compare it right now. We can compare it right now, though, because it's like really one of the only other things, except for like Sleep No More, that is, is like fully immersive. And we haven't done Sleep No More yet, so yeah, we can't compare right, it to that right, either. Right. right. But, but I did feel overall the plot stuck pretty true to the book and the story. You moved through the different places, and just so you know, and I mean, we can talk about this a little later, but it kind of goes into the immersive experience in general, but. You are broken up into groups. So you can stand anywhere in the ballroom. doesn't even matter because it starts with the central of the room, setting up the characters and the plot. And then one character is like, okay, you six, come with me. And another yeah. character goes, oh, you, you eight, come with me. And, we, and then like eight or ten people stayed. And you were with a character for like now the next 15 minutes. And you're getting a subplot, a subtext. And you're learning more about this character and their relationship to why are they here for Gat who how are they related to Gatsby? Why are they here? And you're taken on a journey. And then however it's timed, you're all brought back to the ballroom for more before intermission. And mm-hmm. then they do that again for some people in Act Two. So my thoughts on this are. Loved it because the pacing of that, the script and the way it's timed and the improv versus no improv and how you get people 
somewhere and back. And then you hear other groups screaming or going around. So it was this very immersive, like, wow, I feel like I'm in a house. What I will say, though, is a slight downfall for me was, and someone could be listening to this right now and say, well, you should have looked up the plot before you did it. But I don't really know the plot of this, full disclosure. I didn't really, I read the book maybe a long time ago or bits and pieces of it, uh, and I never seen the films. <laughs> so I really didn't know. I thought, oh, if I'm going to go see The Great Gatsby, I'll get the full plot. And to be honest, I feel like there were plot loopholes missing because I was moved to a room for a long period of time and then brought back. And I didn't get the full story of everyone's character by the end. And I think we would have been there six hours if that would have been the case because there was so much in-depth character work that it was like, oh, so my, I guess my two cents here are know the plot of this before you go because then you're like, oh, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with Tom Buchanan for a while. I'm going to learn his story. I'm going to go with Gatsby. I'm going to go with Daisy for a little while. And if you don't know who those people are, you might get a little lost or they're like, wait, who not what now? Only because you're pulled apart and then put back in and then pulled apart and pulled back. Does that make sense? Do you kind of agree with me? I I'm in the middle on okay. this with you because I have my feelings on it because as you, I did not read the book and I did not see the movie. Or at least I don't think I saw the movie. Part of me feels like I have seen the movie or okay. I saw beats, bits and pieces of it or clips of it. You know, like when you're scrolling on Instagram or something and they show you a clip from a movie and you end up just watching it. But uh, what I'm curious, though, is for the people that have seen the movie and or have read the book and they do know the plot – is it kind of more interesting, like, they're getting to see what's happening between certain characters that they already know? Are these storylines fully in the book already and in the movie? Or are these just, like, created storylines that we're just now going off and watching? And a great director question or an adapter question is, like, did you take some of this and say, okay, this is not really important text and this isn't really important text. So when everyone's together, um, that's the stuff that they really need to see. And everything else is like subplot that if you get to kind of follow that character story arc throughout the show, that's cool. And like we were saying when we left the show, well, if you went with like 20 people, maybe you shouldn't stand all 20 of you together so that you end up going into the same rooms. Maybe like stand in a cluster of five and a cluster of two and a cluster of four and see what storyline you get brought into. And it would have been interesting, Jeff, if you went to one story room for a while and I went to another and then at the end we talked about it and then I said, oh, I noticed this, that, and the other thing, but I was missing this. And you're like, well, wait, I got that. And it's like a yeah. puzzle that you put together. That would have been cool too. It's kind of like the murder mystery dinner theater parties when you follow someone and you don't know who the killer is. But right. then I totally agree with you that it was important for us to see some things like Gatsby and Daisy right before intermission. We all need to kind of see that. When Myrtle gets hit by the car and dies at the end, we all kind of need to see that. So there's definitely things, Myrtle and her husband's relationship working there. So there was definitely things that we needed to all see together as a group. And and so you never really knew where you were going to be pulled to. And you couldn't really say like, no. I mean, I guess you could have. But like, you kind of just have to 
suspend everything and just say, okay, I'm going to go with this character and, and they're going to talk to me. And if you don't like being talked to and asked questions and pick, called on, this might not be the – it's not like you're sitting in a dark theater watching a show and you can just stay quiet and watch like you're watching a movie. You really are – you're dancing. They're teaching you the dance steps to the Charleston and then we're all doing the dance. I loved that. You're right. watching this. You're singing along. You're having a drink. You're acting like a guest at the Gatsby Mansion. It's the perfect show to do immersion for I think because right. it works that way and it's a good plot which uh, kind of brings it into the whole plot and cast members that we probably spend most of our time with but we kind of followed more of the storyline between the Buchanans and the um, Wilsons and how Tom Buchanan and Myrtle Wilson were having an affair so we saw most of that and we also saw how George Wilson, Myrtle's husband, was really trying to get them out of the space. So I feel like we got so much of that storyline. And when we were in the main room, I kind of felt my eyes wandering towards any time the characters that I spent time with outside of the ballroom. I kept watching them inside the ballroom because I kind of didn't care about the other characters. Like... Because you were so invested in what those characters t- presented to you in the side rooms when you were pulled out. Mm-hmm. So where people we didn't really see, like we didn't really see Daisy and we didn't really see Gatsby until we were in the main room. So it it would be great to kind of see what's going on in that storyline. And we started out with, um, I don't know if it's more of just like a filler character, um, this girl who wants to have her pictures taken. And I don't, I'm very curious of where she kind of played the role in all of the storylines because it just didn't really seem like anything was going on. And I kind of was happy that we got moved into another story plot at some <laughs> point. Um, but also, who who's the narrator in the beginning? Like the brother? Is it a brother? It's, uh, it's Daisy's cousin. Cousin. And he was asked to come to the mansion. He moved to the area of Long Island or wherever it's set. And yeah. Right. The cousin. Also, his storyline. We kind of know nothing about his storyline outside. So I wonder if there was really something going on between Daisy, the cousin, and Gatsby. Because there's a moment we come into uh, the ballroom and they're preparing tea for that um, whole storyline. But our storyline is about setting up the tea. So, because the Wilsons work in Gatsby's bar, uh, they're setting up this mm-hmm. whole experience. So it's like, it, it's kind of funny to watch in and out, like, what's happening there. And, and going back to that a little bit is like, so we're so immersed into that, but the design of this show, the design by Casey J. Andrews. Yeah, it was great set design. Was great, because I really felt like immediately we're in a hotel which i thought was already cool enough and we're in the ballroom and we're like oh okay wow this is like the hotel's ballroom it's just working but the set design outside of the ballroom i really think took it to the next level like going into these rooms you're like in the apartment it was dressed so well you're just like, I, w- I want to, like, roam around this apartment a little bit more and see, like, what was here. Was it taken, like, they had, like, such a keen eye to setting up, like, what kind of props were in this one? What's on the piano? I think there was, like, a blood stain on the piano. Why was that there? You know, there was, like, so many interesting things. Like, why is the furniture old? And what would it have been, like, like we saw more of, like, the poor side of this, but what would the wealthy side have been? Because we, um, we, we were in Myrtle's apartment. 
Right. At one moment, and that's where we were. And th- there was a part of me, you know, Jeff, you and I are theme park people. We like to go to the parks, as the you know, Disney and Universal and those parks. And when you do those, like, immersive rides or immersive, like, I'm thinking of for the Disney fans out there, like, Enchanted Tales with Belle when you're walking right. through. And and there was a part of me that was like, oh, I – and this is no – I'm not comparing. But this was like a theme park experience but highly, yeah. highly elevated. So I'm not so you know when you're in a theme park experience and you're and the actors are working hard and everything, but you're in like you know a t-shirt and shorts in a theme park with your water bottle and you're trying you know this is just a, your cool off moment. This was more of like no, it was just an elevated you know the the theme parks have been doing for years the come into the movies with us and so now right. Broadway's doing it and Broadway's saying well we can do it but we can add some singing and some dancing and some act, some more scene work acting because this would been this would have been way too long for a theme park show like you right. know but. Two and a half hours. So this, this was, but I just think that they took something of that, like let's bring people into this story, like the theme parks do, and just elevated it. Yeah, I agree with that too, and I think it works so well, being like right at the top of like the theater kind of district there, and the tourist kind of area for it to be like, oh, someone might stumble upon this, and let's go. It gives also the. Th- the theme park thing because it does become a little bit of a tourist trap when half of the people there are theater goers and then the other half are non-traditional theater goers so like fully immersing yourself into this some people just wanted to see this experience and they didn't want any part of it and you could feel that well it was a mix it was definitely a 50 50 split yeah and it was a wide range of uh, races and genders and ethnicities and ages of people um, which I really liked seeing that, but it was any and and in the cast too. There was such yeah. a wide range of that in the cast too. I really liked that. But I would say about half were like New Yorkers, locals, maybe even bridge and tunnelers, and then there was another half of people who were just like, "Oh, I don't know what to do in New York City on a Tuesday night." I guess we went on a Tuesday. I, I, maybe <laughs> I'll just get a ticket to this because I couldn't get a ticket to Wicked. You know, I, I'm not saying that was everyone's story, but there was a little bit of that and. And and kind of going back a little bit to the plot of the immersion, I want to say one more thing about that before we move forward. When, when we talk about the direction of this, I wonder, you know, we're saying like, oh, I wish I went with that storyline or I'm glad I went with that storyline. I wonder if there's a way that you that they could have tracked who was going to what so that you got everything by the end. Unless the point is you're going to get what you're going to get. And when we come back, you get what plot you get. Because it would have been maybe interesting if, like, they made sure, like, like okay, let's put it this way. Maybe 10 of us were given red wristbands and another 10 were given yellow. And you make right. sure the 10 red wristbands get to all three external rooms by two and a half hours. And then you make sure the yellow, who was stage manager or an actor, or maybe you're with one actor the whole time and they take you. I don't know. These are just ideas as a direct, my director mind would be thinking. But that could not be the point here. And the point, and so if that's not the point, I wonder if it would help this creative team by saying, we strongly recommend you know the plot of The Great Gatsby before coming to this experience. I wonder if that would have done complete wonders of difference for me. I don't know. Or we strongly recommend, we're not going to tell you, but we recommend you're familiar with it. And maybe everyone is, and I'm just not. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just throwing those suggestions. 
I hear it. And it's making me think a little bit more because I wonder how much you're like really supposed to be paying attention to what they're actually saying, because I feel like a lot of the actors at times are giving you information about what's happening in other rooms. Uh, Yes. And if you're not really paying attention, you could definitely get lost in the plot. Like, like Myrtle would be talking about like this, this and that. And she's giving you key items about what's actually happening in those other rooms. So it might just be like a listening comprehension thing. But also, I do like this whole idea that you're coming up with now of like, yeah, what if you were pre-selected and separated into your groups? So like... If you were in a red area, you would have to stay in that red area the whole time and you might be following along. And if you were in a green area, you might be staying in there the whole time and you then follow those people around. Unless and that's too restrictive. Calls, I don't know, you know. Kind of, but then at times I don't think it really is because the, brawl, the, the ballroom is really divided into four corners anyway. So most people were leaving through those four corners. And, so, and, and then, but but think about this, if they want people to stay and mingle in that bar after, like, what a great opportunity for someone to be like, oh, that guy's wearing a red band, I really want to know more about the Buchanans, let me go over and talk yeah. to them. And now, kind of like, okay, commercial, here we go, people are staying in your bar, they're getting more drinks, they're mingling, it's turning into a real party after. I don't think you get that. And that's also where I was thinking a little bit of like, in when you're grouped, like you and I could have walked in there and I could have got a red band and you could have got a green band. And if you're not with your friends and family, you would have to pay attention more because you're not, you know, trying to mingle over here during a scene. You're going to be like, oh, okay, like I feel super uncomfortable, but like, let me just like completely immerse myself into what's happening here. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people have told me happens at sleep no more. Like all of your groups end up getting super separated and everyone's having a very different experience. And then they come back at the end. Yeah. And there was a moment where we were standing at the bar and there was a plot going on. And all of a sudden behind us, a cast member ran. It was Myrtle. She ran in, she got ice from the bar and put a bag of ice on her head and was like, had her head down. And I really thought maybe she got hurt just now. And like is putting ice on in the dark quick before she comes out. Like she, and then she came out, I was like, because she was beaten by one of the characters and she was hit. And then she came out with the ice, but she was doing all the acting in the dark behind us. And I loved like seeing that out of the corner of my eye. Right. It was really like every corner of the place people were working and, and staying in character it was very cool. It was very right. cool. And that's how, however, you want to be observant to those other things that were going on. I think there was another like major conversation going on, but then you could see like, Gatsby and the cousin were having their own conversation at that same time. So people that were near them were like listening for like clues or hints about what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that was also pretty cool. And so, and let's talk a little bit about some of these, speaking of the cast, some of these cast and standout performances. I have a couple. I'm wondering if you have the same as me. I wanted to just do a, a shout out to a couple people here. Um, I, Joel Acosta playing Gatsby was great. He was charming. He looked great. He did a nice job commanding the space. Really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, he, uh, he was on my list too. Super yeah. captivating performance by him. I, Especially anytime he walked into that room, he kind of 
just stole the energy and your eyes immediately went right to him. And I think that's the way Gatsby is supposed to be. Yep. I also have Charlie Marcus on here as Meyer Wolfsheim. He had a whole memory, tap danced, and then played the two trumpets at the same time. And it was such a song and dance man. And then I was like, wow, he's awesome. And then I look him up and he's, I'm so sorry, original Broadway cast chorus line Al DeLuca. So I'm like, what? Like, yeah, like the original Broadway <laughs> cast of a chorus line member in that show doing his whole thing. I'm like, yes. And you're so just standing there next to him and he's even him. talking too at one point and yeah. you even know. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So shout out to him. Um, Jeremiah Jin was on for Tom Buchanan in an understudy role. I was really impressed with his performance as Tom Buchanan. And I will just say this, Claire Saunders as Myrtle Wilson, maybe because we spent the most time with her, she was it for me. She was captivating. Yeah. She was stellar. And I was so committed to what she was doing the whole night. Obsessed. Yeah. Claire Saunders. I was happy we were on Claire and Jeremiah's um, whole track because I was very... They actually, pre-show, the actors are in the ballroom mingling with you and kind of giving you information about the other characters that are coming out. So like when Tom Buchanan comes up to him, he's like, Oh, you see, that's my wife over there. And then points her out. And like, while we were sitting by the bar, Myrtle's like at the bar talking to guests because she works behind the bar. So it made sense. And she, but she was just like full 100% acting the whole time and i agree with you she was probably top of my list of standout performance because she was just beyond captivating there and 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 let's just talk about immersion theater trends in general and thoughts i'm we've kind of been seeing it especially in the off-broadway space now on the on-broadway space and in the midtown commercial theater space listen i think immersion theater is risky I think it takes a lot of work, a lot of staff, and a lot of really fine, fine detail work. But when it works, it works. And you have to find the right story and the right plot. But I really like it. It's a fun night. I think this is the start of something really new. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of it. Yeah, I think pre-COVID that immersion theater was really starting to take off. People wanted different experiences other than just sitting in an orchestra of a Broadway house and watching that. I think with the successes of sleep no more and queen of the night and like the nutty cracker rouge and like seven deadly sins. A lot of these shows are really kind of immersing you into that more avant-garde style theater. And while Broadway is kind of still in this renaissance of like, let's take a movie and put it on Broadway, other things are happening off stage, off Broadway, and doing and they're doing some cool things. So like, I agree with you. I think the trend will keep rising, especially if people go. I do think it is risky because people still are going to be so dedicated to Broadway. And you have to find your right audience for immersion theater. Um, because as much as the cast is professional, the audience has to be professional too when you're working, uh, when you're going to these kinds of things. Because it could be very risky for people to not be polite and not really understand what they should be doing. Like at one moment, someone in our audience yelled something out when they shouldn't have. 
But luckily, the characters know how to improv, and they took that and they ran with it. Literally, they ran around the whole yeah. uh, ballroom, and they kind of just owned it. But, like, it completely changes. Like, you wouldn't just shout something out in the middle of a Broadway theater. Uh, some people do, but still. You just wouldn't right. do it. Right. So, and especially when you're dealing with out-of-town tourists who don't normally go to shows, it just, you run that risk of things totally you know, and, being messy. And, and I would say this show is kind of a, a mix of for people who are tourists, who want something different, but also I think the right. local New York theater goers should go see something like this because I think it's a really fun night out. I saw a lot of people there with groups of friends. It's a fun friend thing to do. And you are really like on your feet, literally dancing, moving, talking, walking, drinking, laughing for the whole time. And it was fun. Right. You know, if you have a group of friends that love theater, it's the perfect show. Like we were even saying like, wow, this show would be perfect in Westchester. It's like a fun night out for mom and dad to go experience something that they know the great Gatsby to like, listen to like that all time music have a drink, and then, like, you know, experience something different. I think we're going to be seeing more. I do. I think the the uh, Ragtime on Ellis Island, the Sweeney Todd in the pie shop, it's happening. People are liking it. It's just going to keep popping up when it can. And the venue, the venue, the venue. I always say a lot of it comes down to how many times do we see a show on Broadway? We're like, I don't know if that was the right venue for it. Well, you really have to have the right venue and locale for these immersions, too. Yeah. Well, and how perfect to be in a hotel. You already have like an installed base there where you're coming, you're staying at the Park Central Hotel and you're saying, oh, what should we do tonight? Yeah. And wait, let's just go right downstairs to the Gatsby Mansion and see what this is all about. And like, you know, have a theater experience. Super fun. Definitely. Of course. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Oh wow. my gosh, we are out of time. That does wrap up our discussion for this episode. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the great Gatsby immersive show off Broadway in New York City. And don't forget, we want to hear from you. So continue the conversation with us on Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast and let let us know your thoughts on the great Gatsby, the immersive show, and any other Broadway or off-Broadway show that you would like us to discuss. And if you enjoyed our show, please, please, please leave us a review. Your feedback helps us bring more Broadway to you. Remember, you can listen to our past episodes and stay tuned for our upcoming ones as well. We have some fun interviews coming up. We have some a few more shows, off-Broadway and Broadway, coming up. So get ready, because we're just starting here, and there's a lot to come. <laughs> yep. So until next time, I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.